Good morning. We worship a pain taker, a way maker, Jesus Christ this morning. Amen? You know, there's not a problem that uh, our Lord can't solve. There's not a promise that he can't meet. There's not a prayer that's too big for him. Not a person he can't save. Not a past he can't redeem. If you could stand for the reading of God's word, join me, please. Reading today from Deuteronomy chapter 8. Be careful to obey all the commands I'm giving you today. Then you will live and multiply and you will enter and occupy the land the Lord swore to give to your ancestors. Remember how the Lord your God led you through the wilderness for these 40 years, humbling you and testing you to prove your character and to find out whether or not you would obey his commands. Yes, he humbled you by letting you go hungry and then feeding you with manna, a food previously unknown to you and your ancestors. He did it to teach you that people do not live by bread alone. Rather, we live by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. For all these 40 years, your clothes didn't wear out and your feet didn't blister or swell. Think about it. Just as a parent disciplines a child, the Lord your God disciplines you for your own good. So obey the commands of the Lord your God by walking in his ways and fearing him. The word of God for the people of God. You may be seated. Our Father God, we ask you that this morning that you would make a way for us in the wilderness. That you would give us a breakthrough. And Father God, you know where each one of us are at in our journey in life. Some are here lost in the wilderness. Left and went there by their own volition. Trying to find their way out. They've come here today. Father, there are others who are being led by, into the wilderness to be shaped and, and proven and prepared for what's next. And there are those of us who have loved ones, who friends, neighbors who we want to help rescue or lead them out of the wilderness they find themselves in. So whatever station we're in today, Father God, I pray you would speak to us through your Holy Spirit. May your word be truth to us today. May your word provide a light for our path. And may you be glorified. May you be honored. May you become known today, become more famous today. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. So we're in the middle of a sermon series called Breakthrough. Uh, I preached over in the, in the uh, sanctuary last weekend and, and bringing a word that I gave there last weekend. It's been a powerful word. It's been a lot of people, both Trevor's message last week and this message have, have really impacted a lot of people. You know, you may be facing today what you feel like is an impossible situation. Maybe your heart's broken because of a relationship. Maybe someone's far away and you're missing them greatly. Maybe it's the death of someone you love. You might find yourself in an impossible work situation, a sickness. Someone here today is awaiting a diagnosis. Someone here today is in a dark place, battling an addiction, battling a depression. And you're waiting for a breakthrough. You're waiting for God to make something happen in your life. I've learned that breakthrough is not about sitting around waiting for something to happen. Breakthrough is realizing that God is waiting on us to respond to his promises 
to be, to trust him in his word and to be obedient to what he's already said. I read a few weeks ago about an eight-year-old boy who was on a ski trip with his family. And as eight-year-olds sometimes do, he got separated and this became a very dangerous situation because he skied off the trail and, and kind of got lost in the wilderness, got lost in the woods. And the search began. They searched throughout the afternoon into the evening, through the night. It was getting a little scary, a little dangerous, and they couldn't find the little boy. The temperatures had plummeted. There was no trace of him. So early that morning, they called in two helicopters uh, to join the church. And within 15 minutes, these helicopter, a helicopter spotted some small ski tracks going off into the woods. And they radioed to a ground team and they found the tracks and then followed the tracks. So they became two small footprints. And those small footprints led to a tree where they found the boy huddled there. Sergeant Terry Silbaugh said uh, he's in great shape. In fact, he's in better shape than most of us are. And he explained to the, to the media how the boys survived the night of freezing cold. Because before they had, as a family, had embarked on this ski trip, the father had warned the little boy about what to do if he became lost. And this little boy, this little eight-year-old, trusted and did exactly what his father said. Little Dominique protected himself from hypothermia and frostbite by snuggling up to that tree and by, by finding some branches and covering himself with branches And as an eight-year-old, he would never have known or thought to do that. He was simply obeying his father. See, this morning you may find yourself lost in a wilderness. And things are getting dark and things are getting scary. We've got a heavenly father who is speaking into us. He has words for us to obey, words for us to follow. Now, wilderness uh, in the Bible is, is, is an actual place. It's a physical place. If you know the story, the Israelites have left Egypt. They've been rescued after 400 years of slavery. Moses has led them out of Egypt and they're headed to the promised land. And following the Red Sea, crossing the Red Sea, a miraculous event where God parts the water, they find themselves in the wilderness, in the Sinai Peninsula. This, This wilderness desert region without much water or much food, a dangerous place full of wild animals and wandering tribes. Now, what's amazing about this whole journey is really the journey to the promised land wasn't that long. It would have basically taken them from the Red Sea uh, about 11 days to reach the promised land. But because they didn't follow directions very well, and because they grumbled and complained, it took them a lot longer than 11 days to get to the Jordan River. So they get to the Jordan River, preparing to go into the promised land and into their preferred future, this future that God has for them. And so, so God tells Moses to send some spies out into the promised land uh, to do some reconnaissance, to, to determine what their next step would be. And again, if you know the story, the spies return and there are 12 of them and 10 of them give uh, a report of, of there's no way. There's no way that we can move into this land because there are people there are giants and and they will defeat us. They will, they will, they they will destroy us. Now I love to call that, uh, that 10 uh, spy report, the miserable majority. You know, they were just miserable. They they had no confidence in God. They they didn't want to listen to God's word and God's trust in God's promises. 
And you got Joshua and Caleb, the other two spies. And they're saying, we can take it. We can take this land. This is, God's led us through the, through, through, out of Egypt. He's led us uh, across the Red Sea. He's led us to this place now. We can do this. But because of listening to the miserable majority, they spent the next 40 years, 40 years wandering in a barren wasteland called the wilderness. Described in Deuteronomy 8, do not forget that he led you through the great and terrifying wilderness with his poisonous snakes and scorpions where it was hot and dry. 2.4 million people, about the size of Houston, I guess, something like that, wandering for 40 years in the wilderness because they didn't trust God and his promises. The verse that has sort of been my theme verse in ministry that has guided me from early on is Hebrews eleven six. It's a simple verse. It's a great verse if you find yourself in the wilderness. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Hebrews eleven six. See, the, their failure to trust God caused many of those, almost all of those people, two point four million, to miss out on the promise God had for them. And that truth hasn't changed. The same truth today. You and I miss out on what God has intended for us because we don't put our faith in him. We look at the world and we're intimidated by the problems of the world. But we serve a God who is greater than any problem in this world. Amen? I didn't hear you. We serve a God greater than any problem in this world. You see, fear leads to failure. Fear leads to failure. Faith leads to breakthrough. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Now, wilderness is a physical place in the Bible. And you may find yourself today in a personal wilderness, a place where a time in your life when your soul has become dry and life is hard and the future looks bleak. And as you look out at your life in the future, you can't see anything but a wasteland. You don't know how to get, how to navigate it, how to get out. Things seem impossible you feel alone. Maybe you doubt God's presence. You doubt God's word. You know, the wilderness in a personal place is a place of pain. It's a place of pain. But the wilderness is also a place of opportunity. It's where God can teach us and God can shape us and move us forward. It's a proving ground. It's a place of preparation. But the reality is that most of us try to avoid the wilderness, don't we? We try to go around the wilderness because we don't want to go through difficult and challenging times. And sometimes we're guilty as parents or as grandparents uh, of trying to keep those that we love from a wilderness place. We don't want them to experience pain and suffering and trials and tribula tribulation. But maybe the wilderness is exactly what we need or exactly what they need. You see, there'll be times when we are led into the wilderness, led into the wilderness by God himself. And, and I love this thought. If you and I are led in the wilderness by God, we're not lost in the wilderness. If you and I are led by God into the wilderness, we're not lost in the wilderness. Wilderness is found over 300 times in the Bible. Abraham was led into the wilderness. Moses was led into the wilderness. The Israelites are led into the wilderness. David in the Old Testament was made stronger in the wilderness. And Jesus Christ, God's son, our savior, was led into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit. Now, God never leads us into the wilderness to destroy us. 
He leads us into a time of testing to make us stronger and to prepare us for his purpose. In Matthew chapter 4, we find these words, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. For 40 days and 40 nights, he fasted and became very hungry in the wilderness. I believe that we can learn from what Jesus experienced in the wilderness if, we, if you find yourself there today. So if you've been led into the wilderness by the Spirit of God, led there grumbling and complaining, wondering if you're ever going to get out of it, there, there's some things that we can learn from Jesus. Let me, I'll give you three things. One, if you find yourself being led by the Spirit, then stay with the Holy Spirit. Stay connected to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness, but he also led him through the wilderness. And he led him out of the wilderness. And I believe that God's Spirit wants to lead us sometimes into a wilderness experience, then lead us through the wilderness, and then out the other side. Three important truths in the wilderness. Sometimes you're not there by an accident. It's not an accident that caused you to be there. You're not alone, and you will not be there forever. Stay with the Holy Spirit. Secondly, I would say, in the wilderness, stay in the Word of God. Stay connected to God's Word. I love, again, these ver this verse in chapter 3 of Deuteronomy chapter 8. Yes, He humbled you by letting you go hungry, then feeding you with manna, a food previously unknown to your, your ancestors. He did it to teach you that people do not live by bread alone, Rather, we live by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. See, we need God's word to help us navigate the wilderness. And we need every word. See, we want to just pick and choose sometimes which parts of God's word we want to follow. But Jesus quotes this verse in the, in the wilderness. Every word that proceeds from the mouth of God, let that guide you. I challenged the folks last weekend that... As you begin 2018, get into reading God's Word. In fact, make a goal to read all the way through God's Word in 2018. And if you don't know how to do that, and it's a challenge to do that, to discipline ourselves to do that, is get a reading plan. And you can go to BibleGateway.com, and you can download a plan, an app, and then you'll get scripture readings every morning, first from the Old Testament and from the New Testament, and you can navigate your way through the Bible in 2018. And maybe you're behind. Uh, obviously, if you haven't started yet, you're behind. Uh, I have some guys that I'm going through this uh, reading this year, the Bible through the Bible, using that app. And a couple guys told me that, hey, I've already missed some days. And I said, look, it's still good to read most of the Bible, okay? Try to read most of the Bible now, and that'll be a good thing. But, but stay in the Word of God. We need God's word to navigate the wilderness. And then I would say, if you've been led into the wilderness, stay focused on God's purpose. God has a purpose in your life, and he has a plan for your life, and he's preparing you for what is next. You know, the wilderness prepared Jesus for what was next. It launched him into his ministry to change the world. So don't waste your wilderness. Don't waste your wilderness. I think sometimes you and I stay longer in the wilderness than we need to be because we waste our wilderness. We refuse to learn the lesson or what God is trying to show us in, in the midst of the wilderness. It's a place of pain, but don't waste it. Now, the Lord has really laid this on my heart about the wilderness. 
that sometimes we'll be led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness. Jesus was led, Moses led, the Israelites led into the wilderness. Throughout scripture, people led into the wilderness. But there are some times that you and I will wander into the wilderness and it's not our fault. It's not your fault. Again, think about Joshua and Caleb. Joshua and Caleb came back and said, hey, we can do this. But because the people listened to the miserable majority, Joshua and Caleb spent 40 years in the wilderness, putting their life on hold for four decades while God led them through this time of change. We live in a broken world where bad things happen to good and innocent people. A world where disease happens, where death happens, where divorce happens, where devastation happens, where destruction happens. And it's not your fault. Lynn and I, most of you know, have been gone for a season of renewal and rest. And part of our time away, we went to visit family and spent time with family, with Lynn's family along the coast. And we went also went up to Kentucky and Indiana to visit family. And I talked to my dad about this before I preached last week and told him that, that a lot of times I struggle uh, going back home because it brings back a lot of bad memories. Memories of hurt and pain and dysfunction of how I grew up and where I grew up. And, and, and I said to my dad, you know, in some of those years that I was there, you weren't there because you'd already left the home. And there are some times when I go back home that, that I don't really want to stay where I grew up because of the pain and the memories. And so I told Lynn, I said, maybe we'll go back and we'll get a motel. And Lynn says, no, 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 no. You, you need to stay at your house. You need to stay with your dad. And she was right. And I need to stay with my dad. And, and we, we, we stayed there. And, um, and we were in, in bed that night in, in a room that I grew up as a child. And Lynn asked me this question. She says, how does this make you feel? Well, I'd rather be in a motel right now, but since you made me stay here, you know. Uh, no, I, uh, I, I thought all about that. And, and it was amazing. Whenever she asked me that question, I entered into this spiritual warfare thing. Because the, the evil one started reminding me of the bad things that happened and things that went on when I was 8 and 10 and 12 and 14 and, and the battles that I'd fought years ago. And, and I was in this warfare and, and like feeling, you know, all this stuff. And, and then, I, then I clearly heard the Lord speak to me as I was praying and almost being tormented by these memories. Uh, I've forgiven all that. You know, I, I, I've... I've that's all gone. That's in the past. You, you've been forgiven. It's grace, 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 grace. And so I told Lynn, I said, you know, what I realized about coming back home is that I realized that God didn't leave me there. That God rescued me from that place. And, and, brought, and, and, and what happened during those years of 8, 9, 10, 12 wasn't my fault. I was a kid. I was a kid, you know. And there are things that have happened in your life that is not your fault and you found yourself there or here in a wilderness right now. And three things that I thought about that happens when we're in the wilderness and Joshua and Caleb in a wilderness that wasn't their fault. Three things that we can learn from, I think. Number one is when you're at that place and it's not your fault, this is hard, don't complain or become bitter. Don't complain or become bitter. You know, we're going to be in a place of trouble, a place of stress, a place of dysfunction, but we can trust God there. Joshua and Caleb could have cursed God. They didn't deserve the wilderness, 
They put their dreams on hold, but they didn't become sour. You know, the wilderness can make us bitter, but God can make us better. The wilderness can make you bitter, but God can make you better. So don't complain to become bitter. Ask God to help you with that. And secondly, don't listen to all the doubters. You know, you've heard that statement, right? Misery loves company, right? When you're in a place of misery, you can find plenty of people who will be miserable with you. You can find the miserable majority real quick. But don't listen to the complainers. Can, can you imagine Joshua and Caleb got so tired of listening to the complainers and the grumblers? You can't listen to them. You've got to focus and stay focused on God's word to you. And then I think this is really important, is we must be determined to live for holy causes. When you find yourself in a place you don't want to be, a place that wasn't your fault. You know, I remember my, my stepmom, when my dad left when I was uh, 14, her life just fell apart. And she went into a dark place. And there's somebody maybe here today that's in a dark place and, and your life is uh, struggling. Uh, you got to determine to live for holy causes. Joshua and, and Caleb kept living for God, kept serving God. When I was home that same time uh, this past uh, fall, I had a good friend that I'd met, knew there, and a friend of my dad's. Uh, Tom's wife had died suddenly of a heart attack, and he was devastated. He was crushed. And he had gone through a time of grief, and it had been, it'd been two or three months, and, and I called him to check on him, and he said, hey, I know you're on this sabbatical thing, but I'd love for you to meet with me and for an hour. Can I have an hour? I said, sure. So I went by to see Tom, and, and uh, we met, and and, and he began to talk to me about the pain that he was in and the, this wilderness that he was at. And, and, he, and, he, and he said to me, he said, you know, Jeff, he says, you know, my pastor was so, so good for me when my wife died. And she, he came alongside me and the funeral was amazing. And he was there for me uh, during that week. And, but, you know, since then, you know, I haven't seen a lot of my pastor and it's, it's really got me discouraged and I don't know what to do. Uh, and I love my church and all that. And so, you know, as a pastor, you know, I thought about that. And I responded to Tom. I said, Tom, I said, you know, us pastors are sometimes really good at handling crisis, but maybe not so good at follow-up. And I'm sure your pastor has gotten really busy helping other people in crisis. Other people have died in your church. And, and, and perhaps here's, a, here's something that God wants you to do. Then maybe you can go make an appointment with your pastor and say, Pastor, I've gone through this wilderness and and I know you're helping other people right now. And can I come alongside you and help you? Can I come alongside other people who have lost their spouse and be a part of their recovery in the wilderness? And I, and I saw this light go off in Tom's face. Man, I hadn't thought about that. That's exactly what I need to do. I actually talked to Tom two days ago. I called my dad and Tom had just brought dinner for my dad at his house. And, and Tom said, hey, man, just, just yesterday, uh, a lady in the community, her, her husband died suddenly, and, and I was able to call her and talk to and pray with her. And, and I've called your associate pastor twice now, and she sent me all this material because I want to start a grief share ministry in my church. And I went to my pastor, and all this great stuff's going on. Thank you so much for pointing me the right way. You see, when we find ourselves in a place we don't want to be, determined to live for holy causes. Now, the reality is that, that sometimes we're led into the wilderness by the Spirit of God. Sometimes we find ourselves in a wilderness and it's not our fault. But sometimes, and somebody here today knows this experience, sometimes we leave for the wilderness on our own. We just 
wander into the wilderness. We're, we're prone to wander, the song says. We want to go our own way. We follow the crowd. We follow the culture. And all of a sudden, we find ourselves lost in a wilderness, and we don't know how to get out. You know, I love the story that Jesus told of the prodigal son. The prodigal son who had everything he wanted in his father's house decided he wanted to go his own way. He wanted to leave his father's house, so he left his father's house, took his inheritance, and went to the far country. He ended up in the wilderness. He ended up in the midst of sin and corruption. His life was pretty much in disarray. He was in a pig pen working. He had no future, no hope. And I love what the word says. It says he came to his senses. He came to his senses and said, I can go back to my father's house. And maybe you're here today and God has brought you here to help you come to your senses. And then three things I would say to you this morning is seek the Lord. Seek the Lord. Call out to the Lord right now. Jeremiah says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Secondly, surrender your past. You know, we've all messed up, made mistakes. And when you've led yourself into the wilderness, you've gone the wrong direction, you seek the Lord, you seek his forgiveness, and you let go of your past. And then you stop fearing your future. Trevor talked about that last week. Don't fear your future. And then this other point I want to make to you today, I added this from last week. I just, the Lord laid this on my heart to share with you. Uh, there, and this is hard for me to say, pronounce it and everything. There are wonders, wonders from the wilderness wonders from the wilderness. We sing a great song in this service. Uh, the, the praise team, worship team does uh, called Wonders. And the, and the words go like this. I see the world in grace. I see the world in gospel. I see the world your way. And I'm walking in the light. I'm walking in the wonder. And I love these phrases, this phrase, you're the wonder in the wild, turning wilderness to wonder. Turning wilderness to wonder. I can testify today that God took my wilderness experience as a kid and turned it into a wonder. I'm amazed at what God has done in my life, where God has led me. And, and, and all across this audience in this church, there are people who can testify to that, that they found themselves lost in a wilderness, but God did something wonderful. And I think there are some things that God has shown me that he does that's incredible. One, God helped me discover my true identity in the wilderness, who I really was, not who I wanted people to think I was, and that God loved me just the way I was, lost in the wilderness. You know, Joshua learned who he was in the wilderness. He went from being a wanderer to becoming a warrior. Jesus began his ministry out of the wilderness. And today I'm a pastor because of my wilderness. I truly believe that that God said, all right, I'm going to use this for my good. Discover our true identity. And in the wilderness, we discover that God is all we need. We learn that when God is all we have, God is all we need. You know, God provided provision and protection all the way through those 40 years for the Israelites. Provided food, provided water, protection. You know, I love the phrase, I see the world now your way. I see the world your way. And then thirdly, I think that in the wilderness, the wonder that comes from it, we discover that we have a new story to write. That the old story is gone and I got a new story to write. You know, Joshua got to write a new story. 
40 years of his life on hold, then bam, he becomes the leader that God anointed to lead the Israelites into the promised land. God wants to lead you to a new story. Today, he can turn your wilderness into wonder. He has the power to heal bruised and broken and hurt lives. He has the power to rescue you and give you a new story. But I can't close this message today without one final point. We've got the wonder that comes from wilderness. We've got the times that we leave for the wilderness. We got the being led by the, into the wilderness by the spirit. And, but there's a very clear warning from the wilderness because some in this room have been very blessed to be, to move past the wilderness, to move into your preferred future, to, to be living into God's promise. And here comes this warning here in Deuteronomy chapter eight, verses 17 and 18. He did all of this, led you through the wilderness, so you would never say to yourself, look at me. I have achieved this wealth with my own strength and energy. Look what I've done, God. Look what I've done, world. No, remember the Lord your God. He is the one who gives you power to be successful in order to fulfill the covenant he confirmed to your ancestors with an oath. So friends, never forget the sole source of your success, that God is the source of your success. Stay humble. Stay humble. Don't take God's power, God's protection, God's provision for granted. A couple weeks ago, I met with the men. Every Friday morning, I meet with a bunch of men to pray for the ministries of our church. We prayed for you to come and you came. We prayed for God's spirit to move here today and God's spirit has been moving throughout the morning. 70 men met Friday morning to pray. And I would encourage any men to come join us. We'd love to get 150 men praying every Friday morning. I believe when, when people pray intentionally, God moves in powerful ways. And one of the things we love to do is prayer walk the property and prayer walk the campus and the buildings. And sometimes we start up in the old uh, section, the, the old fellowship, the old sanctuary on the corner of Fox Glen, and we pray our way down. And I told the men two Fridays ago, we never need to forget that God did this, that God made all this happen, that God led us as a church from a wilderness of being small and wondering how we we're going to survive as a little church into a church that has grown and made an impact, you know, in this community in the Midlands and the world now. But never forget, God did it. Amen? God did it. And God is going to do whatever our preferred future is. We're very blessed. But God has called us to make a difference in this world. God has called us to use our wilderness experience to make a difference in this world. So stay humble, be thankful, and remain faithful. That next day when we left Kentucky, we were driving to West Virginia and, I, and, I, and I, was, I still had not stopped thinking about the question Lynn had asked me and, and how I felt about going back home. And I said to Lynn on the way to West Virginia, I said, you know, Lynn, I'm so blessed that God didn't leave me there, that God rescued me. But the reality is, is that God rescued me so I could go back and rescue others who are still in the wilderness. You see, God doesn't lead this out of the wilderness so we can go, glad that's over with. 
but rather he's equipped us then to go back and rescue others. And then this morning, this church has an incredible opportunity to, to reach out to people who are lost in the wilderness. I got a call, I got an email earlier, well, a couple of days ago, from someone who was in worship last weekend and heard me preach this message. And they were going through a really tough time. And they, they said that they were, they were in a wilderness and wanted to meet with me. And a lot of things had happened in their life since Sunday. Here it was Thursday. And they said, you know, I really wish I'd had those notes with me from your sermon when I was in that dark place, really dark place, but I didn't have them. And so we'll meet later this week and we'll talk about how Jesus can help him navigate out of his wilderness. That's what God wants you to do. Once you've been rescued, once you've been delivered, help others, reach others, touch others. I want to pray for you right now. Gracious God, I pray right now for that person here who feels lost, who has wandered away from the house of God, wandered away from a relationship with you, Father, and they don't know how to get back. But Lord, we know there is no sin that you can't forgive. There's no problem you can't be in the midst of. I pray for this person right now and their problem. And as I meet with them, that they will just know that you're the answer and that you will come alongside them and lead them and walk with them. Lord, I thank you that if we confess our sins, you are faithful to forgive us and cleanse us. And give us a new beginning right now, right now in this moment. And I pray, Father, for that person here who's being led by your spirit in, in, a, in, a, in a tough time, being shaped and molded and prepared, being, being prepared for what's next in their life. And Father God, I thank you that you have called us to, to reach out to those who are hurting and lost in the wilderness. And that right now in this moment, that all across this room, we will receive your grace, but also give your grace to others. We'll pray for others that we know and love that are wandering, lost in the wilderness. And we will allow you to use us to do whatever necessary to reach them, touch them. Father God, thank you for what you're doing right now in this place. And Lord, as we worship, may we respond, not with words, but with our hearts. Move in our midst right now, in Jesus' name, amen. Grace Marie is going to come and and lead us in a great song, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing. And the words say that, that you and I are prone to wonder, prone to leave the God we love. I love the words say, so Lord, take my heart and seal it. Seal it with your Holy Spirit that I may stay true to you and walk with you. Today, God can change your heart. God can touch your heart. God can heal your heart. And God can seal your heart. So as we get this invitation, I want to ask you to stand and, and let, let these words speak to you. I'm going to open the front of the church up. If you want to come and pray uh, for someone who's lost, if you want to come and pray and ask God to help you be find his purpose in your life, if something just burdened you so much that you just need to pray with someone, I'll meet you down here. We'll have some others meet you down here. Let's come to the Lord as we, as we sing and worship together. Come thou fount of every blessing.